You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Westworld. This is season one, episode four, Dissonance Theory. This episode premiered 10-23 of 2016. It was written by Ed Brubaker and Jonathan Nolan, directed by Vincenzo Natali, who worked on Splice and Cube. Cube was a movie ahead of its time. If you've not seen that movie, do yourself a favor. I think it actually is on Hulu. I thought I saw that the other day but I could be mistaken. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. I really enjoyed this from beginning to end. Each storyline had something interesting about it that is happening. And the end definitely was like, okay, things are starting to go down. And the layers of the puzzle was starting to get a little bit more complicated. The episode title Dissonance Theory comes from Leon Festinger's Theory of Cognizance, of Cognitive Dissonance, I should say, in his 1957 book. It is about the proposed idea that people experience discomfort when they hold conflicting beliefs or when their actions contradict their beliefs. It has become a very influential topic of conversation as people try to avoid this discomfort. It has effects on the person, such as their behaviors, thoughts, decisions, beliefs, and attitudes, their mental health. It can cause feelings of anxiety, guilt, shame. They can try to hide their actions or beliefs from others, rationalize their actions or choices continuously, ignore research newspapers or doctor's advice that causes dissonance we have seen this with covid right there's people who are like this is what's happening and then there's people who disassociate with everything that is reality with a proposed theory of what they believe in and nothing is going to convince them otherwise we have actually seen this a great deal in 2020 so very relevant the concept we start this episode in the recap with bernard who is having another off-site chat with dolores who recalls that her parents have been murdered and she ran away because everyone she cares about is now gone and it hurts so badly they ask you how you are you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand bernard rather coldly offers to take the pain away with his tablet but she replies this loss this pain is all i have left of them this is a familiar thing we've heard before and i like where they're going with this concept that humans that loss is kind of an elemental structure of being a conscious being you know that death is coming you know that you will lose people and yet you carry on past that particular loss and those people are carried with you as you continue to live it kind of reminds me of an old traditional 
thing that our na- our ancestors i should say would do which is they would bury their dead under their homes and then after a year or so or even less than a year maybe they would take the skull of said ancestor and then they would put it back in the the home as a way to keep them with them their spirit alive and i thought that it is pretty much a primitive thing for mortals for human beings to not only honor the dead but to keep the to keep the spirit the essence of the people we love with us always and i found that very poignant that she would feel this exact type of affinity when she herself loses her her parents and dolores further says the act is opening up places inside herself she has never explored bernard cynically says that's all very pretty dolores and asked if we wrote that dialogue for you she says yeah in part he also had her remove her emotional affect she once again wonders if the thoughts that she is having are wrong and while he doesn't think that they are he isn't the only person in charge here and asks what she wants she says i don't know but there's something wrong with this world something hiding underneath that or she thinks she might be losing her mind bernard ponders this then offers dolores a game called the maze it is a secret game that if she solves the mystery of or gets to the center of finds it then maybe she can be free and she likes that idea i want to break free dolores then wakes with a gun in her hand but it is to the friendly attentions of one william the white hat Maeve is trying to solve a riddle she doesn't know the rhyme of yet when Clementine says penny for your thoughts she asks have you ever had something at the tip of your tongue and it just slips away Clementine replies most things that touch the tip of my tongue I'm happy to forget girls reminisce about a cowpoke who clementine let skip out on his bill because he was quite talented with his tongue but mave hears distortion feedback as she recalls a guest drinking very heavily and deciding to kill all the hosts in the saloon including clementine and herself she has to watch suffering from her first bullet wound as the man kills everyone else before putting a fatal blow to her head at least somewhere where she dies anyway because i guess we didn't see um the bullet in her head but she is then taken to clean up in the facility and she is rushed back upstairs when she is being operated on because management has decided that she needs to quickly be back up top 
and of course this leaves a bullet fragment inside of her oh my goodness oh my damn oh my goodness this once again speaks of a certain negligence when it comes to management and operations it also speaks to a little bit of a gap in the place like what you can control the guests doing because clearly this man came in and was like yeah i can party i can do whatever the fuck i want kills 20 hoes and then the cleanup crew has to quickly get them patch back up put back together and then put back on the floor in a relatively short time to allow the loops to get back on the way they are intended to be there is this very clumsy handling of how the hosts are managed when it comes to that body shop and you immediately see that this is problematic because Maeve is once again back in the same conversation with Clementine however she recalls this entire experience she rushes home frightened freaked out and investigates her body finding a tiny speck of blood on her undergarments but she can't find a wound so she decides to draw the person that she saw standing over her and then goes to hide the drawing under her floorboards but surprise surprise when she glimpses inside we find out it's not her first rodeo down this thought process what the hell's going on i mean what the hell is going on now in the next scene with Teresa and elsie we kind of get a little understanding of why the technicians in this place may be a little sloppy with their particular uh, maintenance because it turns out that these hosts are all equipped with a Samaritan reflex which protects the guests because they intervene anytime that any guest is in danger or employee because they are not allowed to hurt even a fly they can't hurt a living being and that is kind of a fail safe and while this explains why the woodcutter did not kill her and bash her head in with that rock it does not explain his behavior whatsoever or her fuck up and when Stubbs watches and Bernard joins the only thing he can say to add to that conversation is interesting and fine by me because Teresa says that QA is taking over the whole entire operation and Elsie is disappointed telling her that the tech that she wants to take over couldn't debug a balled up napkin she didn't say no offense she didn't say sorry afterwards she meant every word which also makes me believe that they do not have the most qualified people working at this facility she tells bernard that there is something fishy going on when she chases him down the hallway and that he hired her because she speaks her mind and feels that there might be some type of cover-up going on thinking the woodcutter was consulting his astrological chart but bernard tells her very patronizingly and then very brazenly that no it's her ass that's slipping because when you work here for so long you start to think you see things or think there's patterns that aren't there because bitch that is not orion orion has 
three stars and not four how about you stop taking advice for the person that flunked out of police academy william offers dolores his coat because it's cold and wants to take her back to sweetwater but logan is now down for this hunt for slim since he has sacrificed his comfort and a warm body he offers to kill her so cleanup can retrieve her if he's so worried and he asks can he stop trying to kill and fuck everything logan figures this is a lure from the park because she is the only thing that he has smiled at since he got here and they sent dolores to him logan says that's why they should bump their stake in the place and william says i thought this was a getting to know me in the family and he says with our family everything is business so we now know these are two investors the man in black is skinning snakes for the egg laying variety looking for the next clue in the case like he is josias miller and lawrence is just standing there still being held captive by this person he met the other day who keeps talking to him like he's known him his whole entire life which is cool because it feels like they may have had some adventures together they've alluded to in the past except you know he don't remember and he's like so you killed my wife and just decimated my family tree over this maze all because you an egomaniac determined to know what it all means because you've seen every story in this place and gotta see the last page but if you saw every story though why didn't you know i had a whole village until yesterday there's a few things that you talk about you know everything in this place that you seem to have learned for the first time in this episode sir this is why i never learned to read is what lawrence replies to him in his existential crisis he tells the man in black if he gets him to pariah he has some friends that can help and he says not this trip all is not in vain though as they follow the river and the man in black finds his snake after all it's none other than armistice bathing with a snake tattoo with lawrence properly scared instead of horny because he know that's poison pussy right there so when the posse rolls up he knew that this was probably an inevitability and why he wanted them to get the fuck out of there in the first place man in black wants to know about her tattoo the man in black is pleasantly surprised that they've never met because he kind of likes her and asks where she is headed they say to retrieve something of great value and he says well it looks like you're short-handed and kills two of her men to allow he and lawrence to join and just like that he is in the crew Stubbs is told dolores is off her loop by another qa person and it's unclear if she is on a quest with a guest or not as ford is disrupting many storylines and flags her to be pulled by behavior for a checkup at a well in a town dolores meets lawrence's daughter and asks if she is from that town she says no and when dolores asks where she is from she replies same as you don't you remember 
a voice calls remember and she sees the church and the girl again and sees the symbol of the maze that she drew on the ground when she looks up she is approached by a sheriff and the girl is gone i thought this was behavior sent like they sent another host to retrieve her to put her back on her loop saying you're a girl from sweetwater is that where you belong however she knows that her daddy is not looking for her because he's dead and she refuses to go back and things get a little physical catch me outside how about that luckily william shows up and says that she is not lost she is with him and is allowed to maintain being off her loop since she is with a guest william is very in character with his hat tipping and it's kind of adorable and he tells her that they got a lead on slim but he wants her to stay here because it's safe but after the recent interaction she's like i think i'm gonna stick with you the man in black lawrence and the gang watch as armistice goes to verify that their thing of value is where they are told it is they are to await the signal which is her killing the mofos and man in black is a little in love dolores at night apologizes to william if she calls trouble with his friend but he says he's happy to have her there and asks where she's headed he figures she stayed in a zone or on some path and picking up on the word path she recites some rehearsed dialogue except concludes she never knew where her path was heading she then recalls with her father how one of their herd would wander off and she would be worried but he always said the steer always made their way home but it never occurred to her that they were bringing them back to slaughter yeah but they didn't know that which is kind of this oblivion versus consciousness animal versus human evolution is it a blessing or a curse to know the existence of your own mortality is that cruel or is it a mercy to remain asleep unaware of reality and there's so much that we achieve with knowledge with just a small percent of our brain but think about our ancestors and how much less of their brain they used in comparison to how much we do right now and then you think of all the mental anxiety disorders that are out there in the world and you do start to have some type of philosophical debate about the actual mental toll of consciousness William is eating this up with his whole entire aura. She does the typical coy woman thing. Well, you know, you won't understand, but then says, I have this feeling inside of me and i know there's just this place out there and it's calling to me and he's like i totally relate girl but he's talking about his own reality versus her actual concept of existence outside the absolute power of her oppressors so there's that i know that feeling that you don't want to go back to your old life william says 
she starts to stare at the moon that turns into a memory of some bright lights brought in to assist the cleanup crews as her family is repeatedly murdered and then she falls back into the arms of william who says maybe we should bring you back to the fire yeah he really made that shit all about him like i totally understand what you're feeling no you don't no you don't across another uh fire the man in black is approached by a man encouraged by his friend and they are both guests they want to thank him actually they admire him and then they thank him for his foundation that saved his sister's life but the wealthy recognizable patron the man in black doesn't like breaking the fourth wall this is his fucking vacation he rejoins lawrence who is constantly sussing out information to dull out to the man in black that what the gang is after is at a jaw prison and the gang plans to steal a cannon to blast in the man in black says i do not have time for these number by colors bullshit i'ma ride in at dawn i'ma get what you want and then you're gonna tell me the story of your tattoos and since he can't stop monologuing people that don't understand a word he fucking saying except to kind of improvise and go along he says i am doing this because there's this man named arnold that's my interest he was the original settler of these parts the way you can understand it and he broke his own rule by dying in the park but before he left i think he had one last game to play a game with actual stakes where you can get hurt for realsies he wants to take the training wheels off this motherfucker and turn it into absolute chaos and he thinks this maze is the way and when he revealed that scalp to her what the fuck is this i want her to be like you know my my gang leader is half native right you motherfucker and we hang out with them apparently we nest with them in certain periods of the year and your ass gonna just bust out a scalp like that shit is cool scalping is horrible he later then equates this to setting one free when he's talking to lawrence expounding upon this a little bit more so he sees himself as a liberator instead of the oppressor despite his earlier actions to the contrary however he is not the only person this episode to offer freedom to the host we see bernard doing the exact same thing with dolores one pistol one match one idiot that's how he plans to get it done and it's so very flattering that she's like i'll take those odds no she wouldn't not if she wasn't programmed to do so she'd be like get the fuck out of here lawrence and he are then captured the next day as they go purposely get in trouble and get busted by law enforcement lawrence is a little shitty about it of course why wouldn't he be but the man in black retains his truth is always that he has been a prisoner because his choices are not his own and he says once again what if i told you i was here to set you free i'm your savior 
he is able to entice the sheriff into taking his cigars which seemed to be his plan because he kept one for himself at the prison lawrence is recognized as the most wanted outlaw in three counties and the man in black offers up that he should be killed via a firing squad lawrence tells the man in black he's gonna fucking kill him but the man in black is enjoying himself thoroughly he is put in a cell to join one hector escaton know he fine he's so damn fine while monitoring lawrence's looming execution via the window in the cell he tells hector mib that is they never met as he considered him market tested too good quote-unquote for his taste but asked for his worldview calling him half native with their philosophy of mumbo jumbo you're fucking a white male you're a white man hector is an absolute realist saying a brave man looks at the world and knows god's men all of it it will end and very badly and no one will be saved and he says well maybe we do have something in common he tells him he can't wait three days for his friends to show up and request the pyro tech effect via the match that he lights to break them out of the prison that is approved by qa and the cigars were also an explosive that the sheriff is regretting when his face explodes it was rather kind of cool if not graphic both hector and the man in black take out the rest of the law enforcement rescuing lawrence once again from certain death and he says motherfucker mission complete they rejoin with armistice man in black declines the invitation from hector to join their gang on their next heist and then armistice gives her backstory at seven mass men and horns devil's horns came into her town massacred everyone men women children even the animals she watched her mother be gutted from her jaw to her sex and then she painted her skin with her blood to ensure that they thought she was dead so now she paints the people that she hunts down with their blood on her skin until she completes killing all of them for that day Uh, she's missing just the head of the snake and his name is wyatt Maeve, meanwhile, watches the Native Americans walk through town and notices a toy that looks very much like those cleanup techs. She tries to ask about it, what it means, but is told by a soldier that they are not going to tell you anything about their so-called religion. One of Hector's crew come into the saloon to case the place with that guest. I like it, the fact that we're following another corny guest because, of course, as they're casing the place out, he gets to go upstairs and have sex. It is something he pays for instead of actual rape. And then you have the other guy doing the storyline of making sure that they can get the schematics 
and you see Maeve sussing him out and recognizing him as part of Hector's game and has a light bulb moment when she realizes after Clem's statement that he lives out there with the savages quote-unquote that that might be someone who can give her some answers Bernard lays in bed wondering why Teresa is already taken off and she says you gave me what I needed okay 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 and he says is that all I'm good for your stress relief and she's like how do you think I'm stressed and he's like girl you got your tails every time you start smoking and then showing up at my door are two of them and then he helps her zip up and she reveals she's meeting for tomorrow the board is anxious about the chaos he is creating in the park so he offers her some advice don't show him that you're nervous by being defensive she shows she's defensive by crossing her arms he tells her it's an instinct uh as the belly is the most vulnerable part of every animal she says that's sexy and charming despite his best efforts and it gets him round two next day with ford he is terraforming the park teresa pretends to care about his massive endeavor offering him more time he's like bitch you and the board ain't fooling nobody y'all would like me to halt my narrative indefinitely but you can come on and follow me to this idyllic restaurant where i'm gonna sit you in the exact same spot you sat as a child where we gonna have this conversation in which i'm telling you something that you need to know she says she wants to protect his legacy and he says my legacy i just want to ask peers maybe grab a pencil take some notes i'm about to drop knowledge anthony hopkins delivery in this was flawless because he could not make it any more clear what he felt about Teresa, and she kept trying to take control in a situation she was never going to have control in and he made her small and if she's a smart person she would take this frightening threat in which he tossed in her face and consider taking a shore leave but we shall see what she does at the end of this episode he calls her out on not liking the place saying there's been variations of you over the years and i can tell the ones that like it and the ones that don't so he's letting her know she's disposable she says i admire the audacity of the place and she did come here when she was a child and she goes oh i think i sat at this spot or maybe it was over there however after working here this is not a place i would enjoy so she's not someone who is into the fucking and shooting and killing and violence she would be considered quote-unquote a normal person ford is certainly under no delusion saying you know i did have optimistic viewpoints i had a hundred hopeful storylines all rejected he always figured this place would balance itself out and he lost the bet with arnold his previous partner who had a much dimmer viewpoint of human beings and preferred the host arnold begged ford not to let the money men in but ford figured they wouldn't know what they were really getting 
this wasn't a theme park but a whole world a world they created very ominously he stops everything with a flick of his finger the glass of wine begins to overflow there's some biblical analogy in there somewhere and he says in here we were gods and you were merely our guests another dig like you have incited the wrath of a god Teresa starts to smoke she gave herself away so damn easily why did you not listen to Bernard and she asked well how did that work out for arnold he's like oh he went mad but i see things very clearly she realizes she's being cautioned as he flexes his power further with him confirming we know everything about our guests as we know everything about our employees as she realized he put her in the exact same spot she was when she was a child i hope you'll be careful with bernard he has a sensitive disposition oh my god resuming the world he once again reiterates that she is a dime a dozen and they have almost always made it work me and the minions that the board sends so he will ask her nicely please don't get in my way she thinks the board will back her and they are gonna send a rep and he's like oh they didn't tell you they already sent one you know and um you can go tell them that my narrative will be done on time and it won't be a retrospective as they fear as he's not the sentimental type and she sees the terraforming machine ready to destroy the very place that they are in meaning i will destroy you like he was so literal with his shit right now i would have been on a damn train subway bus boat whatever the fuck i would have been off this damn place wherever he is because that looked like the damn demon right there that's the devil that's the devil telling you that you do not want to fuck with me he was explicit you better go take a um i don't know a short-term leave Williams' adventure continues and he tells Dolores to stay safe while Logan teases him about his love story that he's concocting over there with Dolores. And then they go in after Slim and his gang and the boys have fun being the heroes and Logan even gets an upgrade. Lawrence tells the man in black two men going after Wyatt is rather suicidal and doesn't want to get himself or the man in black killed man in black says he won't get killed with lawrence noticing the distinction and they come across a strung up teddy who asked to be put out his misery but the man in black says misery is all you got teddy no truer words have been spoken william logan and holden the sheriff plan to bring slim in alive but logan shoots holden when slim mentions his boss is a lazo which is apparently a massive easter egg he also is in pariah which is the second time we've heard that this episode and after a tussle over whether or not dolores should be shot logan convinces william to go black hat with him and he can take his little innocent darling dolores with 
who absolutely watches this interaction with no clue about what they're actually arguing about what's interesting is logan thinks he's just playing a game whereas william seems to think his actions are quote-unquote evil and he also likes to call him billy and william does not like being called billy hector comes to town this time with guests and i get a little titillation every time i hear that music Stubbs retasks some soldiers because they have guests with them and they need something to shoot at since they are i like seeing the managerial aspect of everything i did laugh the way those guests mimicked hector the way they threw off their little ponchos there's also different levels of black hat like these are considered black hat characters and yet they're not doing the same things that say rebus and his crew are doing so they like to show the very nefarious ways in which this world operates and then they kind of juxtapose it against the more romanticized aspect of this world and we see that there are different variations of even the black top type of character like these are bad guys but yet you have hector who is not in the habit of cutting into defenseless women but hector is also not prepared to meet Maeve with a gun who wants to have a chat he says interesting way to start a conversation and she says oh it's an interesting kind of day love the way they played the music right there she leads him upstairs to the safe and knows that he wants the combination as she knows when a man doesn't want what's on the menu in exchange for information regarding the things she drew and he tells her this world is madness due to some homesteaders pg-13 folks probably some families heading back into town because they changed their itinerary hector's whole shit needs to be cleaned up early the bloodbath is cut short by sending in the cavalry and jamming the guest weapons and they are going to lock them up and a girl in the morning is going to slip them the key from the mariposa in their breakfast hector tells Maeve, what you got there drawn is a shade little lady and that the natives it's part of their sacred lore and they make figures of them Maeve is allowed to light a cigar interesting and the shade is the man that walks between worlds sent from hell to oversee their world she adjusts her stance and he looks up looking at her flower saying if this is the last thing you require of me i'm gonna need a little bit more time to do that shit properly and she tells him if she wanted him that way he would have no say whatsoever how long they would need She takes his knife and says she got shot he says there's no wound she's like but it happened and that thing was standing over me and i know it happened and wants him to cut into her he can't do it as i stated earlier so she says some big bad outlaw and starts to sterilize the blade before cutting into herself he says dreamwalkers think it's a blessing to see the masters that pull your strings but Maeve vehemently disagrees with that idea armistice is outside catching a lot of bullets while Maeve is 
in pain, ripping her skin open, and has Hector retrieve the bullet fragment after chastising him once again. For the second time, she's had to ask a man to put her hands on her. He asks what it means when the law are banging on the door outside, and she says that I'm not crazy after all, and that none of this matters, stopping him from shooting instead to make out with her and die in a hail of lead i honestly can't think of a better way to end an episode Let's jump into the feedback. What up, Christina? It's Mimi sending in feedback for Westworld. Um, This is... um, season one episode four um i do have a couple of things i want to talk about before i get into the episode the first question is i remember um i don't know i think it was maybe it had to be episode one you said something to the effect of the um unfamous hemsworth brother or something like that And I swear I thought you were trying to be funny because to me, he does look like a poor man's Chris Hemsworth. So I was like, I kind of see it. But then I find out that really is their brother. I didn't know there was a third one. And I feel like he's the oldest because he looks the oldest. I didn't know all three of them were actors and I didn't know the third one, which is clearly, (laughs) he clearly is the less known one. And he looks like Chris and kind of like Liam. Like they look like they're related when like when you know. But he's clearly not the most successful. And that's sad. You know he be trying. I mean clearly it's Chris because he's fucking Thor. He's number one. But then Liam has been in a lot of things and he's pretty popular. Um, I know The Hunger Games was a pretty popular book. And then the movie franchise is pretty popular too. So that got him some fame i don't know that he's still acting i know he married miley cyrus and that didn't go well so i haven't really seen him since then but i mean it's not like i'm one of those people i don't even follow them on anything i don't really care for the hensworth but i really thought you were trying to be funny (laughs) and then i find out he really is one of their brothers that's funny the other thing is like while i'm watching this like i have this like random question pop in my head so we know the host can't kill guests but i was like what if a guest gets in a fight with another guest like will these bullets harm the guests or are they like will they just not do anything like if i take one of my guns like i don't even know how you know who's a host and who's a guest whatever but let's say you're fighting someone and they piss you off and you shoot them but then you find out they're not a host they're a guest like will a bullet just bounce off i'm assuming it would but like do they fight each other or do they try to keep them separate i know there was that scene when a family was coming towards the town and it was like a gunfire and then they like jammed the guns or whatever like so i feel like they're paying attention all the time that's one thing i know his name now it's four that 
I got that impression that they pay attention and they know everything that's happening. So I'm assuming they wouldn't let that happen. But it was just one of those random questions that I thought about. So first, I do want to talk like this episode was interesting. Like, I feel like we got a lot of information, but most of the time I was paying a lot of attention. So I didn't I didn't really write a lot of notes. I only wrote a little bit. Um, one thing that I will say about Ford is that like I like I said I don't trust him but when he was having dinner with that boring lady I don't know but Bernard's booty call it's just something about nothing he said was threatening nothing he said was malicious like even his tone was mellow but it was his facial expression that was like I want to say sadistic and menacing like he threatened her clearly And I don't think she got the hit. And I don't think, I think she's one of those Karens that think that they special and they're above the law. And he really didn't, she didn't get the hint because me being in that dinner with him, everything he said, the way he set them at the table she went to when she was little, that motherfucker is crazy. Like he is really not okay. And you, ma'am, need to take the hint. The fact that he sat there and warned you and you still did, I that shit just cannot go well. Like, he scared the shit out of me. I don't know if maybe because I keep looking at him and seeing Hannibal Lecter, but he scared me. And I don't trust him. And she shouldn't either. And she should heed his warning. Like, let that man be. He's been doing this for 30 years. Mind your motherfucking business. Like, that's, that's what I took from that dinner. But I don't think that have forgot it. Um, the other thing really quick, when I, like, I get that they're hosts, they're not real, but for some reason, when I saw all those, um, brown folks in that field, like clearly doing manual labor and I, my eyes zeroed in on the one, she looked like she might've been native American, maybe Hispanic. I don't know, but she had the pickaxe and she was like in the field, like clearly they're using the host to like form like to to for demolition but that shit just didn't sit right with me like this white man got these brown people in this field like that shit it didn't hit right and and I just got to point that out I get it they're not real but it's just the 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 image looks like real people and they're brown and he's white and he ain't doing nothing but they're doing everything like it I ain't like it just gonna put that out there Um, The other thing I want to talk about is the man in black, because I remember now that they did name the guy Arnold. That was his partner. And the way that the man in black was talking about Arnold, it it seemed as if he's not Arnold. But I don't know that that's true. Like, maybe in his mind, Arnold's dead because he ain't Arnold no more. I don't know. But something about... The way he was talking about him just didn't seem right. I could be just holding on to my theory. I do that. And that could be very well what it is. But he just knows so much. Like, for instance, when he, like, when he escaped out of the jail and he had that uh, match. And then it's like a pyrotechnic request. A request for pyrotechnics on gate whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, how the fuck? Like, I know you've been going there for uh, 30 years. But how you know that? Like, mm, that shit just... It's like when you uh, play a video game for a long time, 
you don't just know stuff usually you accidentally figure stuff like that out or i remember when we used to play super mario brothers there was some somebody wrote a book called the secrets to the game or something i think it was the people that created the game and there were certain things that if you did this you'll find a secret world or you could get infinite lives and and we only found that stuff out from that book it's not like we just accidentally like you couldn't accidentally do this and jump you know you had to like hit like a certain thing a certain time and time it the right way like you can't accidentally do shit like that so it just makes me think that he has a lot of knowledge and granted i understand he's like vip but i just i just it just seems like he knows a lot more than anyone else um and then that one guy came up to him and was like oh i'm a big fan you know with your program or whatever i don't i didn't rewind it to get the exact verbiage of what he said but it just seemed like he knew him and the dude was pissed off like i'm on vacation so what exactly are you programming though you programming this this wild wild west host stuff is that what is that what he's congratulating you about i'm just saying i will say um the more i'm around the men in black the more intrigued i am and one thing i've learned from watching black sales is that you don't always know who the villain is like it it's your it's from your perspective you know some people truly believe that you know what they did on january 6th was not wrong and the government's the enemy for trying to get them federal charges for what they did because they were following the orders of their president and they were trying to stop a fake election and i really seriously believe that they're so brainwashed that they honestly truly believe that the election was stolen and biden is not uh, their true president i'm i'm saying like i really think that that that's what they believe so i don't want to just assume that the man in black is a villain so i'm just trying to pay attention watch and see um because like i said i keep having to tell myself that what he's doing he's not killing humans like all of these are you know hosts artificial intelligence and to him and ford keeps trying to tell us they're not real so killing them isn't bad that's what he keeps saying so i'm trying to keep assuming like when i look at him that he's not a villain that he is looking for something and the only way to get it is to do this but for some reason i cannot give that same benefit to ford um i just i don't know i just don't trust him and i'm trying to be open-minded because i could be completely off the mark um but i just for some reason i'm just not feeling it and the other thing was uh, about dolores now oh god what is his name the fuck boy frat boy i don't know what his name is i don't know what any it is but i will say that one thing i keep thinking about is you know he could easily be a fucking lame in real life when he's paying forty five thousand dollars a day for this park you know it's possible that in real life no one gives him time of day because i feel like i would sniff out his bullshit in three minutes sitting at a bar with him and him trying to talk to me like i would be like look dude 
I'm not interested. He seems like he has a good job and clearly he's making money. Um, so maybe not all women are like that, but I, it's possible that it's hard for him to get women in real life. So this is his way to get, you know, easy vagina. And to me, you know, indulging in an orgy, this might be the safest. I do have concerns though about, you know, how often do they flush out these girls vaginas? Cause I highly doubt that these men are strapping up to have sex with these hosts. Like, and I keep thinking like, if you just had sex with a brothel woman, but there was like five other dudes in the room before you, you know, you just put your penis in a vagina full of sperm. Like that's nasty. So I do have question about that, but I'm thinking that if he's going to be a man slut, maybe this might be the easiest, um, or I should say the safest way. I don't know. They don't really talk about the safety precautions or, you know, do these hosts even like maybe they have a vagina that sucks the sperm up instantly and just automatically sweeps and cleans their vajayjay. I don't know. I'm just curious about it. But I will say him being a slut and wanting an orgy, that seems right on par with how men are. But the, the bloodlust is something that I just I don't know because I feel like being able to murder someone is something that is is not an easy thing to do and once you get past the feeling of actually killing someone I think I mean I've read statistics and I know you know everybody's different but once you do it I feel like it's easier to continue doing it and even though these people aren't real it might be easier to kill someone in real life if you had the experience of killing someone that was very realistic so at first i was like you know frat boy just is slutty but it seems like you know everything he wants to do indulge in the way he shot the sheriff after they captured the person he just shot him right in the head didn't even hesitate because he he found what he called it an easter egg i don't know um i do ha like um how dolores is responding to people she's remembering things um it's very it's very interesting um i don't know if bernard plans on deleting information but it is interesting and she's clearly off course she's not even close to where she is supposed to be so i'm curious to see if someone's gonna go get her um there was a couple things that I was a little bit confused about, but right now I'm drawing a blank. So maybe if I have questions after you podcast, I can just um, message you and then you can answer it offline or later with the next episode. So I think that's all I have. I feel like I'm missing something, but I, I didn't write it down. So it's really not in my brain. So I will end it here. So um, until next time. Love, peace, hair grease, black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. So I wrote down some notes following up with what you were saying, what you was putting out there. Got quite a bit. Got quite a bit. Um, yes, the forgotten Hemsworth. He's around. <laughs> and he plays stubs. Liam definitely fell off because I feel like them uh, those Hunger Game movies was like 10 years ago. Ain't nobody on that shit no more. Um, 
now you were talking about something they introduced in this episode which is the good samaritan reflex like how do you stop someone from not hurting another guest so the good samaritan reflex is in place to stop any other guests from hurting another guest so it's not only that the hosts cannot harm guests they actually are their own policing as well for the guests that are in the park so if two were scrapping with each other hosts would get involved in that shit i do think there's something going on with the bullets as well but don't quote me on it i didn't think i never thought about it as much but those are two good enough answers for me and um they do seem to pay more particular attention to Sweetwater, and i think it's because it's the epcot uh you know (laughs) everyone comes through this station so it's the most monitored station in the park Teresa, that is the name of bernard's booty call man that was a threat that was very implicitly a threat she just thinks that the board will support her and i don't think she fully realizes she's a snowball in hell and that's i think why he was giving her this warning like look if it was one of the other folks that came in here and it was trash this would probably go down a whole different way but because you know you seem like you might be a decent ass person i'm gonna tell you what it is and i'm gonna tell you what it ain't and it ain't what you think it is so please don't play these games because the board didn't even tell you they sent a representative so clearly they don't care as much you're a little bit of a pawn in the game and i think that's what he was also trying to let her know but i would not justify or classify her as a karen i think that she was someone there to do her job and she's trying to do what her higher-ups are tasking her with doing but she has a distaste of this world she has a distaste of the idea of what forward is representing and i think that's a natural distaste which is why i thought maybe y'all two would like each other because you share that idea of ford you know out there having all of the brown people as you say in the in the field working but i will caveat that with ford equates and states that he is a god in this world so does race really mean the same thing to him as us mortals he uses these folks in the same manner as you know this happened to be a more hispanic town and i think that's why you see more brown people i'm sure the visual yes is upsetting as well but i think that speaks a lot to the western type of of stratosphere here and of course it is the great wild wild west because who had the great deal of power who were minimalized at that time period in history i think it all correlates with the actual park itself so i'm not surprised that his labor force would in fact the majority be from like this feels very texan to me you are still convinced and doing a lot of arithmetic to try to put the math together that mib is arnold (laughs) despite the man mentioning him as another person this episode but it is all very very curious some of the questions that you ask about him how does he know so much 
I think you also answered that question in the same breath because that's exactly it. If you come to a place for 30 years and you're walking around telling everybody and a mama how you know every page of this entire place and every novel, even though clearly that's not the truth, which to me speaks to some type of delusion or illusion of uh, knowledge that he has as well. But yeah going somewhere for 30 years and you're trying to find meaning in a place that was designed in a lot of ways to be something that it is indeed not that for confirms this episode it is not it's a world it's not just a theme park he seems to be looking for that particular uh tapping into that particular narrative that he thinks that arnold left behind before he himself died in the park he is certainly more attached than the average joe so that would account for his well-informed history lesson on the park he seems to come quite frequently and he can afford to do so human versus host i know you brought that up quite a few times in the feedback like oh well you know they're not real however in last episode there is this idea that the creators of this particular specimen of ai had the idea of creating actual consciousness in these hosts for all intent and purposes it is a failed experiment however the quest to achieve it was still there and that residue code is still inside a great deal of these hosts so there is that back and forth of morality of if these are human beings are what is happening to them okay and whose fault is that once again back to william and logan it's just a game but logan sees the woman crying and the man falling down and he sees real emotions that tell him that this is not a game it's a world but there's another interesting question on top of that i think that is more intriguing in william's storyline because he took out the bad guys in this episode so while he's shooting he thinks these people are real in some type of aspect that causes him to emotionally invest in the outcome and doesn't want to shoot Dolores in the head or have Holden shot in the head he has a a visceral reaction to that whereas Logan does not have a, a reaction to that is absent of that empathy because he sees them as robots so would you prefer the person that sees them as robots killing them and only sees a machine or is it more disturbing for the person that can still continue to shoot at them even though they have a minuscule of empathy that says that they are people but do you then justify it because you're going after bad people but now the next episode it seems as if logan is trying to get william to go to the dark side maybe he'll feel something differently as you said what is that going to do your psyche killing someone the more you do it how will you react so very good all very relevant questions 
And then you talking about, do they clean up after the loads? I just flash back to this Rick and Morty episode. I know I mentioned it a lot. I don't care. But it's one that cracked me up because Morty was having sex with a machine and he went in there with the parts and he's like, oh, I just touched one of Morty's loads. I'm thinking the same concept goes with these hosts. And I think you even had an idea of that when that one guy was introducing like when clementine was making that deal and he was like do i get a discount if i go second or something to that effect because they don't clean up afterwards just nasty and the fact that mave had mrsa you just know this place is trash it is it is not i mean i'm pretty sure you probably signed a lot of waivers being like hey host or not host you better strap that shit up with a condom great feedback this week let's check in with queen shy hey christina it's me shy i am here to talk about westworld episode four i believe yeah episode four and um uh bear with me be patient with me because this episode is I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'm like, I mean, it's it's almost like it's one of those things where it's a slow unraveling of what's going on, and you're trying to piece this puzzle together, and you're slowly getting the pieces, and I mean, you wanting to get more pieces because you feel like you're just on the verge of figuring something out, but it's just out of reach. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm on the verge of understanding what's happening and what's going on. Which again, like I said in my last feedback, I, I mean, I'm good with it. I'm not. It's not frustrating. It's just fascinating that it's like I don't know. I'm. I'm like as I'm watching it and listening to everyone. I'm finding myself trying to like piece it together, trying to figure out the hidden meaning behind what they're saying because I know there's at this point I believe I'm gonna say I know I believe I mean that there's like hidden meanings behind what people are saying like like there's a story behind the story so to speak um of course I mean I get obviously I get the fact that you know this is a story this is a narrative um that ford created this is a world but it's a world within a world and um i feel like there's like two things going on at once if that makes sense um like i, I feel like it's not happening at the same time if that I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying because it just seems like um there's just two different stories happening at the same time because like this thing with the men in black I don't mean to start like like I don't know how to explain it, so I'll just move on from it. I mean, it's hard to, you know, again, I'm just still wrapping um, my brain around a lot of this 
stuff so like again just be patient with me and I'm sure there's things you're not gonna be able to say and all that stuff but I still got to get my thoughts out okay now for the man in black Lawrence and all that storyline now they brought up in the last episode about Wyatt and and they brought up again in this episode like Wyatt is the key to everything he's the key to the answer to everything and I feel like Wyatt there's like a defense um like a defense mechanism to prevent people from getting to Wyatt so to speak um and also they talked about the maze again so not only is the man in black trying to figure out this maze but now Bernard has planted the seed with Dolores about the maze so that's what I'm saying it seems like there's like two different um stories times going on because the man in black is like I already know about the maze but then again he was a partner at least I mean that's the theory is that he was the partner for Ford um which gave him the no what's he well that's my theory and I think that's Mimi's theory too um unless she changed her theory I don't remember but my original theory was that the man in black was Arnold but now I'm not thinking that I'm still thinking he's he's um I mean he knows Ford and again I said this the last time they're the same age and so whether they're partners or they were friends or whatever the case may be I mean he just knows him that's why he gets privileges you know special privileges in the park he gets to have whatever he wants but I'm not thinking he's Arnold anymore because, you know, he was talking about Arnold and he brought up a good point. Now I'm thinking that maybe Arnold was killed in the park because of um, the man in black saying that, you know, because they're not supposed to die. Because he, he specifically pointed that out, like they, the guests aren't supposed to die, which means the employers and all, of, you know, anyone other than the hosts aren't supposed to die, but you know miraculously uh Arnold died in the park which isn't supposed to happen which means he's raising some suspicions in regards to Arnold's death and maybe that's where the um what which is why he's doing this maze you know trying to find the um answer to what happened to Arnold so now that's what I'm thinking and then you know Mimi was she cracked me up but she yeah I said you know he was shady as well Ford and so this episode makes it even more so like he he, there's something going on and I think I think Arnold you know because of what Arnold was trying to do with the host and Ford he knows everything that's going on in the park because he told Teresa about that he knew about Bernard so he knows what's going on he knows things that people don't think he knows so I think Arnold was trying to he was doing something that pissed Ford off and Ford had Arnold killed and I'm also thinking that 
um, he knows what Bernard is doing as well. So Bernard thinking that he's doing this stuff with Dolores without Ford's knowledge, but I believe Ford knows what Bernard is doing, and there's some type of an end game that Ford is trying to get to. So that's my thoughts on that. I mean, I know it's you know it's a tangled thing. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm probably going down a rabbit hole of craziness, but it's just that's what kept coming to mind because the maze and Wyatt came up in this one, which links it to last episode, um, the Wyatt thing and the maze. Obviously, Man in Black has been talking about the whole time, and now Dolores. Um, was introduced to the concept of the maze and how this is the key to your freedom and so I'm thinking this maze is the key to the knowledge that um, can set them free and that's why um, it's hard to get Wyatt the closer you get to Wyatt the more dangerous it is and so that's my crazy all over the place theory I hope I made sense (laughs) of that because it's been like I've had to think about it after I watched it because it just kept playing and playing in my head and I just feel like we're in two different because I don't know I I, maybe we're not because he talked about Stubbs talked about um pulling Dolores out of the uh of the of the of the world so I don't, yeah that part is still confusing um to be honest we see that William took a is taking a liking to Dolores so that's interesting Dolores is on a new story um she's remembering um she's forming her own thoughts and her own feelings about what's happening she's making choices um so um if Ford does know what Bernard is doing I'm very curious as to why he's allowing it to continue like there is a method to the madness for him at this point because he even he modified Teddy because lo and behold Teddy is still alive and whereas before in the previous storylines he would always die but now which I find surprising that he even survived that attack because who was it that said he got dismembered um I but I really thought he died um but he did not so even that like all the stories are evolving um and changing and is it I'm thinking is due to the fact that the hosts are more in control of the story than the uh than the employees are then we have um Maeve and her storyline which you know I'm hoping to get see more of her because that was fascinating as well her continuing to remember and then her drawing that picture and then it reminded me of the flash um with uh, Marlise when you know she would record the message about the lemonade or something like that um with DeVoe and then she you know we record it record it and then at some point she realized that she's recorded that same recording many times before and so with this one 
um, we find out that, you know, well, May finds out that she's made that same drawing in different times before, which is opening her eyes to the fact that, you know, she's remembering things and this is not the first time and the things she's remember I mean the things she's seeing are memories not dreams or nightmares or whatever the case may be um so she's evolving um that was interesting what she I was like why is she wanting Hector to stab her in the stomach um surely they wouldn't leave the bullet inside of her because isn't that what the guy said when they when she was remembering you know to get all the bullet fragments out so they obviously got clumsy and left one in there and she was able to retrieve it which again will continue on the loop of her remembering remembering more and more um and so Hector sounds like he's evolving because he's questioning um beyond the limited world that they're supposed to know about i mean he's talking about being like puppet master like there's a puppet master there's people that are in control which is goes into that dissonance theory um which is the name of the episode is you know the the conflict of being forced to do something that you don't want to do so they're they're in this world that is making them repeat you know rinse and repeat over and over and over the same thing and then as they're remembering they're not wanting to do that they're not wanting to do the status quo to um, continue the storyline or continue the or march the beat of the drum that they put in motion they want choice they want they want the um the ability to choose the ability to have a say and so what they're forced to do and what they want to do are conflicting um with each other so i'm finding that very fascinating and how this is all going to play out the man in black got the the clue from that snake lady um about i don't remember her name about um the story of how her parents died and the story of the snake and apparently that's some type of clue to get to the next step and finding the maze so yeah it's very it's very fascinating it's just one of those again just like the expanse is entertaining but at the same time it forces you to think and to try to um, figure out what's happening what's going on and you can't help but theorize as to where this is going at least for me I can't help it so um very very excited to see I mean I'm kind of frustrated that I'm like oh I want to see what's happening but I gotta watch some other shows catch back up with something so I'm going to try to keep myself from watching the next episode um I mean I'll watch it sooner than later because I really want to see what happens next um see what's going to go on with Logan William and Dolores I feel like that's a key component to what's going on um in what way I don't know yet but obviously it's deviated from 
the story in a lot of ways and then we got Dolores evolving so I feel like you know something interesting is going to happen in that aspect obviously um more even more interested in what's going to happen with um Maeve um now that she's continuing to evolve like when she wakes back up because I'm sure they killed her this time around so she's gonna wake back up how that story is going to evolve like how she it seems like she's slowly but surely you know moving moving more and more um away from what she's supposed to be doing and what she's supposed to be thinking and she's thinking more on her own so i've said a lot um i'm hope i'm hoping this is feedback isn't too confusing i'm sure i was all over the place uh, with my thoughts but it's just i'm trying to piece it all together and as i'm talking something else will come to me i'm sure i forgot some things which is you know can't cover it all that's what your podcast is for to break it down and and all that good stuff so i will leave you to that and i will stop talking now so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode i know that mimi is gonna be so pissed when she realizes that she didn't say anything about Maeve. <laughs> But uh, Shy says she has seen double meanings behind things, thinks that there are maybe possibly two things happening at once. I don't know. Very curious. Wyatt, um, you said was a defense mechanism. Um, I'm not sure quite what you meant by that, but uh, maybe that's the person you meant that's going to block the maze or get people from getting close to the maze so you think that's been put into place there interesting the man in black and ford you maintain that they are partners but you are off the he is arnold train especially as i pointed out (laughs) he said (laughs) there was a guy named arnold Mimi's like, fuck it. You still the same person. You just don't remember. You got a concussion. (laughs) Uh, And then I laughed when you said, well, you know, did Arnold die in the park? Yes, he died in the park. But then you you said afterwards, you're like, yeah, they did say he died in the park. Yes. Both Ford and the man in black confirmed he died in the park, but they have not mentioned how he died in the park. Ford knows what Bernard is up to is what she thinks as well and has some type of in-game letting things play out and that Teddy is allowed to survive and he thinks this is all part of Ford's master plan. Curious, very curious. That's all I'm going to say to anything. <laughs> um, whether you're right or wrong, I'm just going to say curious, very curious. <laughs> And um, you, she, Shy also feels like the sto- the host might be taking over the storylines. Maeve and the Marley's connection. I think that's a good analogy. Leaving messages for yourself over and over again so that you know that something's wrong. Is Hector evolving? I don't know. Uh, you were mentioning about the knowledge that he had. 
Now that was Native American lore. He knows that knowledge because he is himself half Native American and thus he is allowed to camp with them. So it seems that this, as if this Native American culture is kind of on the outskirts of things and they have interpreted certain things or have built certain ideas or this religion is what they say in this episode around these ideas I guess the question after that is where did they come up with that how deep does this religion go I think there's definitely some question marks behind that but that's why Hector himself was aware to pass that knowledge on to Maeve because she herself was never going to get that information from the Native Americans that were passing through town but I think that you're asking the right questions I'm glad that you're fascinated and excited for the next episode because once this thing starts trust me every for every question that is answered there is a new question that arises so uh it's about to start popping off man and we are going to start getting some mystery solved and others opening up to to be uh explored further in the episodes coming that is all we have for this week if you want to send episode uh feedback for episode five you can send that to blackercouch at gmail.com you can send it via audio or written format or if you're on tumblr or podbean just comment below on the podcast you can find black girl couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes spotify amazon wherever else good podcasts can be found you can also go to itunes rate the podcast and leave a review my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and black girl magic